Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick, uh, who is in Chicago, about to uh, breathe in some White Sox baseball. No better time to do it. Uh, <laughs> but before we get into all of that, and we're going to talk on uh, NL MVP, NL Cy Young a bit later, and also some reactions to the week two of preseason. But first, a reminder that with the NFL season quickly approaching, now is the perfect time to get your Roto-World Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Get ready for your draft and stay one step ahead of your league during the preseason with updated player rankings, profiles, projections, mock drafts, and more. Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use code DRAFT2023 to save 20% at checkout. All right, NFL preseason week two. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers look like your Pittsburgh Steelers look like the best <laughs> pick in the NFL as they wax the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways out of uh, week two? Well, uh, boy, it's going to be tough not to get two super Steelers excited until we get much longer into the season because it's going to take a long, long time before they really solidify anything, even if they do come out hot. I will say, though, that I think it's fair to be um, excited by what you saw against Buffalo. Buffalo is one of the deepest teams in the NFL. Their second unit, especially their defensive second unit, is the best uh, you know, set of reserves on paper uh, in the NFL. They have you know, bona fide real deal players out there. And um, just the fact that the offensive concepts looked kind of fresh, kind of interesting, gives you some sign that there is uh, you know, some, you know, some life in uh, Matt Canada's playbook. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of the ideal thing I needed to see this weekend, honestly. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, fair to be bullish still on Steelers. My personal preference is to attack the coach of the year market for Mike Tomlin, because I'm not sure if you've heard, Jay, but <clears throat> Mike Tomlin has never won coach of the year. It's never happened in all of the years he's been a coach in this great NFL and all the years he's uh, had a winning record. He has never gotten the recognition he's deserved, and I think this is the year we set the record straight. Um, but, uh, no, that was the key take. I think also worth acknowledging that um, uh, Giants offense looks like they're going to take a potential next step forward, even though I was a little lukewarm on some of the additions uh, in that uh, skilled position group. It's a lot of redundancy. Um, it does look pretty clear that uh, the synergy between Dable and uh, Daniel Jones has the potential to carry into this season, and that's going to make for a fun handicap for Sunday Night Football Week 1 as they take on our Cowboys. Yes, our Cowboys indeed. Darren Waller looks suspiciously like Darren Waller uh, in that offense. Wouldn't be surprised if he leads the team in targets. Uh, and the other thing with the Giants, like here are their, here are their wide receivers currently on the roster. 
Uh, Cole Beasley, Jalen Hyatt, uh, draft pick, Jameson Crowder, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Wandale Robinson. They have a lot of lottery tickets, and you'd think that at least two of those guys are going to be able to hit to complement Waller, uh, and then Saquon's still there, who was actually their most targeted player in the passing game last year, uh, and looked back to being Saquon Barkley. So I think the Giants are an interesting team. They have... Uh, I think they have potential on defense. I don't really understand why the defense wasn't better last year. I know they dealt with injuries, but Kayvon Thibodeau is a guy who seems primed to make a pretty big leap. You don't love their secondary, and that would be where it all falls down. But the defensive line could be monstrous. Uh, do you think there's any scope for the Giants to be, you know, 12 and 5, 13, 14 that's competing for the NFC East? You know what? I don't think so, <laughs> but it has not anything to do with the offense. For me, the questions exist in the secondary and sort of the misfit between personnel and what Wink Martindale likes to run. Um, I just don't see good enough quality corners to put those guys on islands and expect to keep teams out of the 30s. Uh, and I think it's going to be bizarre, but get used to Giants overs. I think we're going to be talking about – Shouldn't this total be in the 50s? That kind of is going to be the narrative as we get uh, past the Cowboys game, at least. Cowboys game, I think the, the total is fair. But um, when they're up against uh, defenses that can't muster you know, the world's most fearsome pass rush, um, this Giants team is going to score, uh, even though they have eight wide receivers, three, <laughs> and no wide receiver, one or two. Um, it still is uh, it's pretty cool that uh, you know Daniel Jones has continued to progress and um, – you know, if, if if they get nothing else out of this season except for confirmation that they made the right decision signing him, then I think that's a successful season for the Giants, realistically. Yep, no, I agree. And Jalen Hyatt, who had a massive game uh, on the weekend, he is getting some offensive rookie of the year buzz. He's 25-1, to one, uh, that type of range. I would not be interested. Just There's just too many guys on the team. Uh, and... He's got to compete with Waller and Saquon for targets, let alone the 50 wide receivers that they've got on the roster. So uh, no interest in Jalen Hyatt. I think we've talked about it. Uh, I think Bijan Robinson is the best value on the board, even though it's not super exciting. After his snap share with the starters uh, in the preseason this past weekend, that was a pretty good indicator that he's a guy who, you know, people are now talking about him as potentially being the best player in fantasy this year which uh, probably means that you should be pretty short to an offensive rookie of the year uh, if you're <laughs> being talked about as potentially more statistically productive than uh, Christian McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson. Uh, so I think Bijan is is clearly the guy. The only long shot that is of interest to me in that market is Dalton Kincaid at 40-1, to 1, where hmm. I don't think he's going to win. Tight end is so difficult. Um, to come in immediately and have the type of statistical impact that you need to win this award. But I don't know, there's a lot of buzz about Kincaid, and he's someone with immense upside. Uh, any interest in Kincaid at 40 to 1? You know, I'm not concerned about the Bills' offense, but unsure. Uh, of who ultimately is going to be the number two target getter there between Gabe Davis and Kincaid and Knox and, you know, and, and just this general sense that you get that they want to have a complimentary ground game. They want to be able to have a different look uh, where it's not just, you know, Josh Allen, surely, you know, 40 pass attempts in a given game and you can set your clock by it. So it's, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a learning curve to get a sense of what exactly that unit looks like. Um, and so for me, I, that to me spells 
yeah, he might get eight targets week one. He could get eight targets week four, but he could have two in weeks two and three, right? And that wouldn't really blow anybody out of the way. They, they look to be uh, more multiple, at least in concept. Uh, and if that's how it plays out, then, you know, you could see some game-specific uh, approaches that are, um, you know, less inclined to give one guy the counting stats he needs to get consideration in this market. But 40 to one is a big number, and it certainly seems like Kincaid's going to get a ton of snaps. Yeah, I think the thing with betting any Buffalo skill position players, any tight ends, it's the issue where just towards the end of the season, the numbers just always fall off a cliff when it gets colder in Buffalo. And that's why Stefan Diggs is always so up against it to win awards like Offensive Player of the Year because there's going to just be an inevitable tail off. I do think they have one road game against the Chargers later in the season, which helps in terms of just taking one cold weather game off the schedule. But I just don't think that you're going to see the volume of statistical production for guys like Kincaid and Diggs to be able to actually win these awards when you have, you know, Bijan Robinson plays in a dome uh, and Justin Jefferson plays in a dome. Uh, and they don't have to deal with the one game a year in Buffalo where Diggs is going to get, you know, two catches for 27 yards because there are uh, wins like there were in the game against the Patriots or there's the snowball against the Dolphins or just that kind of stuff just makes it difficult to put up the raw stats that you need to win these awards. Uh, just looping back to the Steelers before we move on uh, to baseball, I think, uh, and this is your baby, Mike Tomlin, Coach of the Year, I do think that is the best Coach of the Year bet on the board. And just that we've talked about it, but the simple way to think through it is, all right, Steelers plus 450 to win the AFC North, even if you think that, that is true price six to one. Like what price is Mike Tomlin to win Coach of the Year if the Steelers win what is potentially the best division in football coming as the fourth favorite in the division. And the good thing is, is that Mike Tomlin absolutely going to get the credit. Absolutely going to get it. <laughs> he never won the award. He is a made man in the NFL Super Bowl champion, never finished under 500, all that type of stuff. People will be falling over themselves to vote for Mike Tomlin. If he wins this division. So I don't know if he wins the division within wins this division, like he's got to be pick to win coach of the year, maybe even shorter. And at that point, even if you think it's six to one fair, that makes the 13 to one coach of the year. Uh, and there's still 20 to one, 25 to one out there on Tomlin. Uh, if you hunt around, what do you think of Kenny Pickett this year? What are your expectations? <laughs> I mean, I think he still has tiny hands, which concerns me playing in Pittsburgh, okay. uh, but he's got the gloves. He's got the gloves though. So, um, I mean, I, I, it's very, very easy to um, to tease out his performance last year statistically and find reasons not to believe that he's going to be able to give you know give you anything better than league average quarterback play this season, right? Uh, he was especially good on high leverage downs, which is not you know it's not sticky year to year. He was um, you know he was in a system that you know specifically did not really help create yards after catch for his receivers and things like that. So, you know, life was hard for Pickett uh, last year, and it's, it's reflected to a degree in, in how he performed. And I think um, expecting him to take a step forward because it does feel like the Canada system is evolving positively. Um, and it does feel like he has tons of chemistry with Deontay Johnson and, and uh, George Pickens. Um, 
that, yeah, that there's, you know, if he has a healthy campaign, he should, um, you know, he should be able to be in the conversation with the top 12 quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, because of, you know, the, I believe in this offensive line. I think he's going to have time to operate. It just entirely boils down to, um, you know, just some of the pieces staying healthy, like the wide receiver one and two, you are golden. Your tight end one, golden. Your running back room, solid. Now, everybody down the line in wide receiver and tight ends, if they got a backfill, now you're getting a little little spooked. There's going to be a little bit of uh, discomfort if something happens to Deontay Johnson and he misses a couple weeks, or something happens to uh, to George Pickens because you know it's, it's it's a thin thin room. Um, I think realistically, though, his you know he's, he was he he was a number he was a first round pick last year. He's got first round pedigree. Um, and you know, I think if he backs up what he showed us in this preseason game with, uh, you know, that quality of play in the regular season, then, um, you know, this team's good enough to win 12 games, which I think is what it's going to take to win the AFC North, um, piggybacking on your point. Consensus right now is that the AFC North is the best division in football. And so winning it as the fourth choice, uh, is huge. And I think, uh, you know, that that's really the, the entire name of the game here with Tomlin being the guy. Yeah, and the key, as we've spoken about many a time with Coach of the Year, is that you need the coach to be able to have credit distinguished from the quarterback. Uh, And there will be no issue on that front. No one thinks that Kenny Pickett is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. And if Tomlin with Pickett wins a division with Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. But if he he does that with the quarterback who has the least pedigree and is projected to have the worst season of those four quarterbacks – uh, then I think that he will be a very good bet for uh, to win Coach of the Year. Also, that like their skill position players, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Fryer. That's a great top three in terms of yeah. pass catches. I don't think Allen Robinson is totally done. Uh, I think there might still be something there. Darnell Washington might be a bit raw, but maybe there's something there as well. Uh, you got Harrison Warren in the backfield. I don't know. There's pieces there where if the offensive line uh, is above average then Pickett should have everything that he needs to succeed. The other thing as well with Pickett is I think a lot of his, one is stats and then two is perception. It is biased by the fact that his career opened last year. Jets at Bills, Tampa at Miami, at Philly, New Orleans. Like that was just a brutal uh, trial by fire for him. And then after that, he was much better. And PFF quite likes him. Had him as the 18th best quarterback out of 39. That's pretty good. Uh, for a rookie so I don't know there are reasons to like Kenny Pickett and I think that uh, he can be good enough for this team if they stay healthy and uh, a few other things go right to uh, to potentially take the division yeah he's uh, one thing one more thing on Kenny he's squirrely he's surprisingly mobile (laughs) he's got the same knack that uh, Pat Mahomes does where he's creating something with nothing at times when you know you think you feel like it should all go sideways for him so um yeah, I mean, I'm not like out here stumping the same as you. I'm not saying he's the next coming Pat Mahomes. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, um, he doesn't really have to be because this roster is really talented. He's got the look, Drew. He's got ice water in his veins. <laughs> Think about how he closed out those games against uh, was it the Raiders? He was uh, clutch, Steve, and uh, Baltimore clutch. national television just marching him down the field. Uh, to win both of them. I think that might be something. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, before we get to MLB Award Futures, one of my favorite topics, there is no better way to start your day than watching one of the biggest stars in baseball in America's biggest city, Shohei Otani and his Angel teammates, which I think will include Mike Trout uh, by this weekend. They take on the New York Mets at City Field this Sunday on MLB leadoff. Catch the action live at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. All right, MLB Awards. going to tackle a couple of the National League markets and the MVP market provides I think the biggest edge that I've seen in one of these markets in a long time. Uh, Ronald Acuna is minus 500 to win NL MVP, Freddie Freeman 6 to 1, Mookie Betts 11 to 1 and Matt Olson 25 to 1. Uh, I think Matt Olson is very much on the periphery of the race. He's going to hit 60 plus homers to have any chance whatsoever and I think he still might be in trouble even if he were to do that. I think Mookie Betts is severely uh, is incredible value at the current price of eleven to one. He's really snuck up on this race against Acuna, where people have just assumed that Acuna is going to win, and haven't really noticed that Mookie Betts uh, at the time we are recording, uh, which is Monday afternoon. Betts now has the edge in both forms of war, Fangraphs war, baseball reference war. Betts has a very narrow lead in OPS. He's got him covered in home runs, RBIs. Every defensive stat prefers Betts, and that's why his war uh, has gone past Acuna. Acuna's argument now is basically he hits for better average. He has the stolen bases, which the edge there is significant. Again, I don't think that that, that is probably going to be overvalued by voters. Um and then he has a team that has the better record. But the Dodgers are only four games back of Atlanta now uh, and have won, I think, 13 out of 14. So the other thing, too, is that I don't think anyone's going to have a problem giving MVP to Mookie Betts if he's got the best case. He's one of the all-time greats. He is a, uh, a former MVP himself. I get that Acuna has the better story. He has the historic power speed coming off the ACL. But I think we've seen across most, pretty much all sports is that MVP does tend to go to the most deserving candidate unless you have outliers like Jokic winning three in a row when he's never made the finals. I don't think that this is that level of outlier case. I think if bets, he probably has a slightly higher bar to clear because of how team success and st- stolen bases are overvalued. But at the same time, I think that if he has the clearly better case, 
then he's going to win. And he's a lot shorter than 11 to 1 to have the clearly better case. I think Betts should be plus 200 uh, and is sneaking right up on Acuna. But what do you think? I mean, your case is extremely solid. And as we know with awards, a lot of it is what have you done for me lately? And Acuna has cooled off to a degree relative to the torrid start he had to this season. And the Braves in general, they don't have much to play for. They should rest these guys. Like, if Acuna only plays 15, 20 games in September, won't surprise me. Um, and I don't know that, you know, the Dodgers are really going to push Mookie Betts into service for the entirety of the month of um, you know, the month of uh, September, but it's pretty important for them to finish top two and get a buy and run one of the playoffs. So they have a little bit more to play for than the Braves, and they could absolutely catch the Braves the way they're playing right now. So, um, yeah, I think all told, uh, it's a really, really strong case, and 11 to 1 is an incredibly good number. Yep. And I think on merit, I would say these guys are pick. I just think it's dead. Mookie's got, I think, a slightly better case on merit right now, but it's it's dead even to me. And the only reason I'd say that Betts is plus 200 and not closer to pick is that I think Acuna, uh, if it is close, I think Acuna will win. And so that's why I would price Betts slightly longer. But at the same time, Betts is coming home like a steam train at the moment. And the good thing with Betts is that two things. One, a lot of his offense production comes from home runs which are loud and get noticed and move the market more quickly than anything. And then two, Acuna has a great story. Betts, if he continues on this path, it is going to get louder and louder. The fact that he is just randomly in his 10th season in Major League Baseball, started playing shortstop and second base. He's an outfielder. He just plays second base now and is quite good at it, which is insane. And I think will tie into the narrative of how the Dodgers have had all these injuries uh, people thought that this might be the year uh, that they fall off, including myself. And Betts and Freeman have just dragged this team uh, into competition for the best record in baseball. And Freeman was right there. He's slumping pretty badly at the moment. I think he has now fallen behind both of these guys. I think Freeman should be in the 10-to-1 range. Fair. So not not out of it, um, but behind Acuna and Betts at this point. So, uh, yes, I think Mookie Betts is the best bet on the board. Uh, before we get out of here, National League Cy Young, Zach Gallen is still the favorite at plus 170. Uh, someone who has backed basically everyone in this market outside of Zach Gallen, I can tell you, <laughs> last week while I was watching the Padres uh, play the Diamondbacks, I think there might have been seven balls the Padres hitters hit off of Zach Gallen that were caught on the warning track. Uh, and it was just watching stat cast as it goes, just 870 expected batting average, 750 expected batting average is all caught. Zach Allen is playing with fire at the moment. He's no good on the road at all. Uh, his home starts, he has been excellent, to be fair. And I think he is in the mix, but plus 170, couldn't touch that with stolen money. Uh, Blake Snell is behind him, plus 225. Spencer Strider, who was dead and buried and really needed to throw 13 scoreless innings to get back in the race through 13 scoreless innings as well, <laughs> back in the race. Open web, 6-1. to one. I get it with Logan Webb. If you look at his stats, he's like thereabouts. I just don't think he's going to win. It's just people don't have the hold him in high enough regard in terms of pedigree, and his stats just aren't quite where they need to be. Justin Steele is 10 to 1, which I think is about fair. Uh, and then the guy's not even on the screen, but I think is interesting is Corbin Burns, who's 30 to 1, and uh, I think is probably the best pitcher out of all of these guys, along with Strider, and is really. If you look at Corbin Burns's 
yeah, stuff with like spin rate and the drop on his cutter. Like it's all trending in the right direction, the movement stats on Corbin Burns. And so I think that he is a guy who could come from way back. I think he should be half that price and more like 15 to 1. But uh, what do you make of this market? I spent Thursday uh, evening with the uh, most hardcore Dodgers fan friend I have. Mm. Um, and so I watched a lot of Corbin Burns. Oh, yeah. Um, seven scores, nine Ks. He was outrageous. <laughs> he yeah. was the bad outrageous. Man. There are a lot of players who are kind of hitting the late season wall right now, and he is not one of those guys. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, – I think at price, that's going to be the bet. Um, and I, But I agree with your overall um, – thesis here which is that the top of this market is incorrectly priced that gallon that plus 170 considering what we're seeing from him right now uh doesn't square yeah i personally make gallon closer to plus 400 fair so certainly in the mix but i would still have snell as the slight favorite over gallon and strider right there with those guys strider is the one guy who i think it's weird because he's kind of coming from further back but i think he is the guy who kind of has the award uh, in his glove, so to speak, where if he just pitches well the rest of the way, he is the guy that everyone wants to vote for, I think, because he's the most dominant. He's the most flashy with the Ks. He plays for Atlanta, the best team in baseball. He will get some of that intangible bump that Acuna is getting at the moment. And I think people just want an excuse to vote for Strider. And if his ERA is three five seven, they don't have that excuse. But if he can get that down into the three twos, then all of a sudden I think that he becomes the guy uh, and he certainly, look, he has the stuff um, to be able to, to go on. Uh, you know, he's got probably seven starts left. And if he just pitches like a 2-5 ERA the rest of the way, I think that might be enough for him to win ultimately. But uh, at plus 450, it's not super appetizing. I think the best bets, I think the best bet in the market at the moment is Corbin Burns uh, at 30-1. to All right. We are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks to those of you watching on NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. And also a reminder to find all your favorite NBC shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick, we will see you tomorrow. Is it just me, or is it getting really hard to figure out the best way to save for retirement? Fidelity can help you find clarity so you can save the best way for you. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement your way. Get started at fidelity.com future. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.